10, 5, he's into the end zone, touchdown Arkansas State. Deflected into the hands of Belts, Avery for three, hits, cover is safe, the Red Wolves have walked it off. Welcome to the Second to None Podcast, the A-State Podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. Now, here's a couple of guys who know the Red Wolves like no one else, Matt Stoltz and Brad Boba. Coming up, big episode, we've got... Pack Day, the Pack Day spring game coming up for A-State football this Saturday. Looking forward to going through all the different activities we have planned for that. Also, we'll recap baseball's weekend series against Troy, which included a wild series finale on Saturday in which the Red Wolves had a run rule victory. Oh, yeah. We got I get the whole story. Track and field, another big weekend for them. And the bowling team with a huge weekend they punched their ticket to las vegas they're in search of a national championship coming up this weekend tell you what else is happening in the world of a state athletics but right now we want to start with a very special guest from the brand new impact club former a state student athlete on the men's golf team welcome in chris woodard how you doing chris i'm good Matt. how are you guys we're fantastic Great. and I want to get into the Impact Club, but I, I kind of want to talk first about your motivation for getting involved with this. Because, look, I, I know your family has been involved with A-State Athletics. They've been supporters for a long time. Your brother, Jared, also a former student athlete on the golf team. All huge supporters. Where does your family's love for Arkansas State and Arkansas State Athletics come from? You know, that's funny. I think it started with my grandparents, particularly my granddad, uh, Joe McAllister, were big supporters of Arkansas State. Um, it's something that I've known since the day I was born, I would imagine. Um, obviously, growing up, it, it was a huge part of my life, as a part of my brother's life, part of my parents' life. My parents met at A-State, fell in love at A-State, were very involved while they were on campus. My dad was a, a Teak. My mom was a Cal Omega uh, while on campus their support never stopped and they ingrained that in us when we were young. I can remember, you know, basketball games, football games, we had the the same seats forever. Still have the same seats in the convocation center. We've uh, changed seats in the uh, football stadium, but make as many games as possible. Arkansas State's been good to all of us. It's given us opportunities not just uh educationally, but for myself and my brother, athletically gave us opportunities to continue to do what we love with the game of golf, which in essence created lifelong friendships for us as well. I'm forever grateful for what A-State has done for me. And so that's always a priority for me is to give back as much as I can. I have a hard time saying no when it comes to A-State, um, which is, uh, I consider it a good thing. Um, and that kind of led to here with the Impact Club, was just another opportunity to to help and uh, Brad Matt I think it was a it's a critical piece of the puzzle for A State going forward uh, I think NIL people have their opinions about it they have opinions about uh, whether athletes should be paid if you put all that to the side it's here it's not going anywhere at least for the foreseeable future and so if A State wants to be competitive going forward it's something we needed to have. It's something we need to we need to not only have in place, but be successful and be as good as we possibly can be. And so I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to help facilitate that. We've got a great board that uh, jumped on board as well and is uh, doing everything we can to to get um, at least this piece of the puzzle in place to make 
a state successful well into the future. Now, hang on a second. I'll go back and see if I heard this right. So you're telling me your parents uh, went uh, each, you know, independently. They, they went to a university. They met there. They were both involved on campus. Then they got out of college and continued to support the university they attended and taught their kids to as well. Crazy, isn't it? That is crazy yeah. talk. That is crazy talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I think it goes back to uh, having pride in place and appreciating the the opportunities you've been given. We had a meeting for the Impact Club. Uh, it's been several weeks now where we met on campus. We invited some people that had shown interest in, in donating to uh, Impact Club. We had them there. And that was a point of, of kind of what I expressed was uh, I think we've lost a little bit of that, Brad and Matt, over the past few years and some of the momentum, some of the pride in, in Arkansas State, pride to wear the the logo, um, say you're a Red Wolf, uh, and, and it's time to to regain some of that. And uh, I think having those people in the room, uh, it's super important to me. I live on the uh, the other side of the state. And uh, I tell people all the time, I, I do everything I can to help spread the gospel over here. So uh, it's something that we think uh, is important and something we've got to get better at. We've got to get better at continuing to ingrain Arkansas State University in, in um, you know, future generations. But quite frankly, our alums right now, we've got to do a better job of that. And uh, success in athletics helps with that. I don't think that's a secret to anybody that Teams that are successful on the national stage, people wear their brand, their, their alma mater. Maybe they pull those shirts out of the closet a little more when athletics are successful. And so we hope the Impact Club can, can help uh, play a part in that. You mentioned earlier how, like it or not, the times of NIL are here. And look, if you're going to compete, I know you're going to have to do this if you want to be at the level you want to be at. So as you're getting ready to put this impact club together, how much did you research the other collectives in place elsewhere in the country? And what were you able to find out through that process? And how did that help you in setting up the impact club? I did a lot of research, not only on collectives, but just NIL in general. And uh, you guys know my background, put my attorney hat on a little bit, just what states are doing from a legislation standpoint and how that has evolved, how collectives have evolved and really become the driver. You know, I think everybody thought initially it would be business to athlete, kind of that direct transaction. And I think as it's evolved and people have kind of gotten their hands around it, they realize that maybe, hey, the collectives, the pools of money, that's where this is all headed. And I and I think you're seeing that trend. I do think you'll continue to see businesses want to engage athletes directly. And by all means, there's nothing, nothing wrong with that. But I do think you'll see more of a shift. You're seeing that. People I think are familiar with the University of Florida's collective. Alabama's collective has, has come front and center. Uh, Texas A&M's collective. One collective that I I honed in on, and probably not a surprise to you guys if uh, if you're familiar uh, with my family, but Texas Tech's collective was one that I paid attention to. My wife's a Texas Tech grad, both undergrad law school, huge supporter um, of, of Texas Tech. And so dove into their collective a little bit, realized what they did from the 
the charity aspect, promoting charities in the area. They're 501c3. So they're a nonprofit themselves and, and really liked that approach, like the thought of, hey, this is great that we're going to help support student athletes. We're going to help position Arkansas State to be as good as it can be going forward. But man, I like having this extra aspect to it of helping the community, helping charities in the area, having the athletes understand how important these charities are, and also discussing with the athletes, hey man, what, what charities are important to you? What are some places that that you guys would like to help contribute and help promote? And so that was a that was one I really dove into, kind of shared my thoughts with that with our board, our group of folks that are helping with Impact Club. And uh, man, we just, we really hit the ground running um, in, in that aspect, using that kind of as our uh, our model uh, going forward. It's probably advantageous to have someone from the legal field out front in this thing, because there's sort of two things going on here. Not only do you need to kind of make sure everything's on the up and up from an NCAA standpoint when they've offered, you know, not a ton of guidance, but then each state has its own NIO rules, and I know that's something that's been addressed even in Little Rock in terms of trying to make some adjustments to Arkansas's rules when it comes to NIL. It's kind of parallel tracks, right, Brad, Matt? You've got the, the NCAA track, which, uh, you know, we all have our opinions on on what that track is, and then you've got the uh, the actual legal track. Each state has, has statutes related to NIL. Some states are actually rolling back some of those statutes. They're, in essence, saying – why are we going to handcuff ourselves? You know, everyone made a race to get these statutes in place. If you guys remember when when NIL, when this all came to be, when the NCAA said, we're going to let the states handle this. Uh, everyone rushed to get statutes in place. Some statutes mirror other states, that type of thing. But as, as we've gotten our hands uh, on this and kind of gotten around how this works, states have rolled back some of those statutes. I think Alabama is one of those states that is, in essence, um, at least last time I checked, I don't know if their legislature did something this session or not. They almost completely rolled back their NIL statute and made things much more flexible, broader. Arkansas legislature just passed a bill. The House and the Senate passed a bill. I don't think the governor has signed it yet, but that helps broaden the NIL statute a little bit in Arkansas as well. It's not it's not a full rollback, but it does help in some practical areas areas that really were critical to, to change. Overall, there's some good changes. I, I think there's some changes to the to the statute that maybe have some unintended consequences that can be adjusted again down the road. But overall, it, it's going to help broaden the ability of the school collectives, everyone that wants to do this right, wants to do things appropriately, help us facilitate these deals in, in the right way that makes everyone successful. It takes people that are passionate about Arkansas State to get involved with this. Obviously, you're passionate about the university, about the athletic programs. I know that's why you became involved. Davey Carter is in that same boat. He's on the board with you for the Impact Club. But another guy that really got involved here was Demario Davis. And I kind of want you to tell us about his involvement how you guys were able to reach out to him. Is that the way it worked? You reached out to him and asked him to become involved. And just how big of a response have you been able to get from DeMario during this process? I can't say enough good things about DeMario. I'm not telling y'all anything. You've been around him enough to understand this too. But DeMario is, is such a class act in everything that he does, whether it's on the field, 
Um, that speaks for itself, but off the field, even more so. He has been all in since day one from helping us however we can. And man, we lean on him a lot too. He's got such a good perspective. He would be an, uh, an athlete that NIL would be all over, right? I mean, and so he understands not only what these guys are kind of going through and, and, and how they're wanting to navigate this process, but I tell you what's really a good perspective DeMario has is, uh, man, he really appreciates the people that have chosen Arkansas State, the ones that maybe didn't have an NIL deal, which is, I mean, most, right, to to choose Arkansas State and make sure that we're not just going after a name on a jersey or a flashy name that was somewhere else, but also diving deeper into, into who these people are, the ones that chose Arkansas State first, and kind of making sure we honor that commitment too to those athletes, but also peeling the onion back on some of these players that we're looking to engage and making sure we engage across all sports, not only the, the right type of athlete, but student and just overall character of the of the human being themselves. And, and he just, anytime we have questions, he's always available. His schedule is very hectic. And when he does have uh, off time, we want to respect that. So he can be with his family, right, during the off season. And, and we don't want to bug him too much, but he's always willing to help and uh, is a huge part of making our collective successful and really continuing to make A-State successful going forward. He was part of the, the foundation and uh, uh, is continuing to build on that with his uh, his efforts here with Impact Club. And I think it's important for you know, Arkansas State folks to know in general, look, collectives and name, image, and likeness, that's that's not a Power 5 school thing. It's an everybody thing. And to be quite honest, you know, even what we're doing with the Impact Club is really not getting ahead. It's trying to stay caught up. We're behind, guys. We were behind for a year, year and a half of not having a collective. We are doing a, our best to get in pole position. This is not just SEC, Big Ten, Big 12. This is everyone. And the Sun Belt, guys, the Sun Belt is a legitimately good conference across the board, all sports. It's a legitimate conference with collectives. This was a necessity and this was not an option and it's not an option to just halfway do it. And so we are doing our best to accelerate where we're at and position ourselves. We want to be one of the best collectives out there. We don't we don't want the group of five designation, power five designation. We're just going to strive to be as good a collective as we can be to make sure we're as competitive as we can be in every sport that we have. And I don't want to interrupt you here, but but you mentioned earlier the schools that you researched when trying to figure out what to do with the Impact Club, and, and you threw out some Power Five names. But I'm glad you, know, you brought up the Sun Belt schools because these are the schools we're competing with in our league, and you're telling us that we're behind in the Sun Belt when it comes to collectives. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're behind when it comes to collectives. We need more funding, not only with the collective, with the Red Wolves Foundation, with athletics in general. We see it in basketball. We see it in football. Obviously, football gets the most attention, right? And with football in the Sun Belt, like a lot of, of athletic departments, football helps all uh, all sports. When football is successful, when basketball is successful, the entire athletic department is successful. That's, I don't think anybody would argue that's uh, different here at, at A-State. That's, that's similar to us. And so... We need to make sure our collective is in a position to where we can help. We want to help all sports. Clearly, I, I'm, I'm passionate about the golf program. It's why I'm, I am where I am today. 
And so all sports will be taken care of, but we have to prioritize the money that we do have now and uh, football, obviously with the new basketball coach, coach Hodson, we, uh, we know that basketball is, is in the middle of recruiting. We anticipate that um, uh, once we get some uh, kids here to campus, that NIL deals will be, uh, we'll have some players that we want to um, engage with NIL deals uh, once they're here on campus as well. But football is a priority. We want to make sure that our football roster is uh, in a position to be successful, get back to bowl games, because once football is successful, the entire athletic department will be successful. Um, we see it that way. The Sun Belt sees it that way. And uh, that's that's our priority right now. And I'll actually spin that forward. And, I, and I, listen, it's not that if you're listening to this podcast, you don't need a hard sell, so I'm not giving you one. But this is the truth. What he's saying is exactly true. Kind of when football's good, it just sort of sets the tone for everything. And lo and behold, you have good years in a lot of stuff. But when your athletics is good, that spills over to the entire university. There's a theory that occurs, sort of a line of thinking called the front porch model, where if your university, you look at your university as a whole, as a home, Athletics is the front porch. It's not structurally the most important part of the home, but it's the first thing people see. It's what sets the impression for the whole place. Mm -hmm. When App State hosted game day, applications to App State went up 25%. Mm. So what he's saying is true. Football being good and basketball being good, it spreads to other sports. But I'll take it a step further. When your athletic department is good, it spreads to the entire university and literally to your entire city and area because it brings more people in both as fans and as students, not student-athletes, as students. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, I think Jeff Currington, obviously, uh, he believes that as well. His staff believes that, and, and we believe that. That's why we think the collective is so important. We think it's uh, one of the quickest ways for us to continue to be competitive where we are, but become even more competitive where we need to be is through the collective. And we believe in once athletics is successful, the university becomes more successful. It gets more attention. And then once the university is successful, the city is going to be successful. And ultimately, the state is successful. And so we want to uh, make sure we get that back on track. And as we kind of start to wrap things up here, Chris, you know, I know there's a lot of people that are still wanting more information. I know you've set up a very nice website with impactclub.com, I-M-P-A-C-K-T, club. Dot com, But, you know, for those wanting to know how they can get involved, I know there, there are several ways they can do it. Yeah. And, and um, I want to, Matt, real quick, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention everyone that's on our board right now, because everyone plays such a big part yeah. and is, 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 uh, is doing such a good job getting the word out there. And quite frankly, guys, putting their own time and money into this and getting this thing off the ground. There's a lot of startup time and effort and cost that goes into this. And uh, we appreciate everyone being patient while we have gotten this off the ground. I know it's taken some time, but uh, we're, we're proud of uh, the website, as you mentioned, impactclub.com. We would suggest everyone go to the website. We have purposefully created various levels of giving that allow everyone to feel involved. This isn't about the $100,000 donor. This isn't about the $50,000 donor. This is about getting everyone engaged, whether you're able to give $10 a month or $250 a month or more. We want everyone to feel important. We want to feel everyone to feel engaged. And so when you go to the website, we've tried to make it as easy as possible. There's a, a red button you can click. It gives you the options to give. You can give monthly, you can give yearly. 
And if you give to one of these subscription models, you're going to receive a voucher to the uh, Impact Club store, which is also uh, a click away on the website. And once you go there, there's tons of merchandise that you will be able to purchase from the website. A portion of the proceeds from those purchases also go to support Impact Club. That's something we hope people will be directed to. Uh, the website. You guys are more than welcome to share our uh, contact info as well. My email address, people can reach out to me directly. They have further questions, which people have done, which we appreciate. We just need everyone, anyone and everyone who can give to please give. And then uh, I want to say this as well. We don't want this to be an either or. Uh, We don't want this to be a a, uh, Impact Club or Red Wolves Foundation or season tickets. We want you to do this in addition to We need support in all areas. We've gotten that question a lot. How do I do that? Do what you can, but try to support all the areas of athletics because every bit of athletics needs support. And the support across all all options is what's really going to make us successful and position ourselves to go to that next level as we go into the future. Make sure everyone knows, too, that's I-M-P-A-C-K-T, as in the pack. Yes, that is correct. Chris, we appreciate you, buddy. We appreciate your passion for Arkansas State and everything you're doing with the Impact Club. And uh, just keep it going, buddy. We need you. No, man. We appreciate y- uh, y'all, everything you do for A-State. I love that place. It means the world to me. It means the world to my family. Excited to get back over there anytime I can. Try to stop by campus. But we need it. We need everyone to feel that. If you're an A-State grad, if you're an A-State fan, if you live in the city of Jonesboro, contribute, give back to that school because that school is having an impact on your life, whether you realize it or not, it's making things better for the city, for the state. And uh, we want to do everything we can to position that as well as we can going forward. And Impact Club is one of those ways to give. So please do. That's Chris Wooder joining us here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. We've got more to come right after this. When we play today, we win something bigger than ribbons or trophies. We win our tomorrows. Wherever we play, wherever we fight, wherever we overcome odds, we're winning our way. Simmons Bank is committed to supporting women athletes in the communities we serve and are proud to be an official sponsor of A-State Women's Athletics. Not just for a season, but for a winning future. Seasons are short, but fierce is forever. Simmons Bank, member FDIC. What a weekend for Justin Costick. Yes. Last week's podcast guest and the A-State bowling team. They go to Rochester, New York, take the Rochester Regional at the NCAA Championships. They'll now play in the final four of the tournament coming up Friday and Saturday in Las Vegas. Yeah, you get from Rochester to Vegas with a few days in Jonesboro in between. And hey, tip of the hat, not just the Red Wolves, but I guess we should credit the uh, NCAA Bowling Championship Selection Committee because the top four seeds will all gather in Las Vegas for the chance to win a national championship this weekend. So yeah. legitimately, all the top four national seeds each of the top seed in all four regionals got out of that regional. They're headed to Vegas, so whoever wins this thing is going to have every legitimate claim to be in the best team in the country. We need to put that bowling selection committee over at basketball <laughs> next year. They seem to be doing a much better job. Yes, I, that that's true. Yeah, the basketball tournament had 17 teams in it. They might 
have a better batting average. Well, that's true. The uh, bowling team, by the way, assured of a top four finish for the fifth time in program history. Of course, they were runner-up in 2008, then again in 2021. Third place in 2010 and 2013, but they're trying to win it all for the very first time. They're just so due. I I just – I want so badly for this program to see it through just because as we talked with Costic last week, I mean, it's no exaggeration. This program has done every possible thing you can do but one, and they got a chance to do the one. You know, and I think it, it was him that brought up the comparison last week to Gonzaga. Yeah. And the comparison there with the men's basketball program at Gonzaga being there every single year, being right on the cusp, but not getting over the hump. We want to take ourselves out of that category coming up this weekend. Absolutely. And hopefully, uh, hopefully they do. A-State baseball hosted Troy over the weekend. They lost Thursday night 6-5. to five. Red Wolves scoring four times in the bottom of the seventh of that game to tie it up. Mm-hmm. Then Troy scores the winning run in the top of the ninth. Mm-hmm. Then on Friday, Troy wins 8-1. to one. That was a frustrating game. Let's get past that one. I'm ready. Let's get to Saturday. <laughs> just... Well, here's the deal. I took the day off yes. on Saturday. Was not there for this crazy game. And the uh, series finale had Kyler Carmack, the redshirt freshman, on the mound. And he turns in his third straight quality start. Six and a third gives up just one earned run. And, uh, hey, we're up 6-4 to four after seven innings. So, and since you were there for the call on ESPN+, Plus, I'll I've tell you. And I've got to print it off, too. I'm just going to hand it over to you to tell yeah. us what happened in the eighth inning. Well, I'm, I'm, I told uh, Zachary Patterson this morning, I said, I'm currently working on a book. And the title of that book is The Eighth Inning Saturday. <laughs> That's the name of my uh, forthcoming book because I, I've never seen anything like it okay. on, so, on a million levels. Now, number one, you, I got to you got to to set the scene for the eighth inning. You got to back it up to the bottom of the seventh, where really the only thing of note that happened is that the umpire took a glancing blow off a catcher's mitt and got cup checked, and he shook that one off fairly quickly. It looked like it hit him in the inner thigh. Upon further review, is a little more inner than the inner thigh. You, you don't want to go inner after the inner thigh. That's but the equipment rough. did its job, and he was okay. That was the bottom of the seventh. A State has the lead, right? It is six to four. And lo and behold, we go to the top of the eighth, and here comes Tyler Jeans. You're like, well, this is awesome. Yeah, he's been out the last handful of games, hasn't been able to go. We get, you get Tyler Jeans back, and he's going to get you these six outs, and we're about to win this game six to four. He, I would have thought the same thing. Yeah. So here comes Kyle Mock for Troy. He ends up walking on five pitches three of which in a four-pitch span, in a five-pitch at bat, three of those pitches went off of the catcher's mitt and hit the umpire in three different places after he had been cup-checked the half inning before. Three of the pitches. Three in four pitches hit the umpire. Okay. He got hit. I'm trying to remember all. He got hit on the hand. He got hit on the leg. And then he got hit in the mask. Okay. In four pitches. One of them was ball four. And you're like, what? what has happened? So the leadoff man's aboard. And at this point, Hunter Thomas, we saw it live and it had a great camera shot too on our broadcast. He goes like walking to the dugout and he motions, I can't see it. He couldn't see the ball. He couldn't see the ball. And he comes out and Dylan DeBeauty comes in. He leaves the game. 
Next guy. A catcher change mid-inning yeah. because he couldn't see the ball. Next guy hits it over the bullpen. That's hard to do. It's 6-6. Six, six. Next up, Bartolero hits it out to left. It's 7-6. Oh, man. And Tyler Jeans, he gets lifted. They just, you know, he faced three guys and they all came to score. You're trying to get back from that tight shoulder. Conover comes in and he gives up a single and a walk. So now you've already given up three runs and it's first and second, still nobody out. The next guy, the nine hole hitter, the catcher, tries to bunt him over and he pops the bunt up along the third baseline in foul territory. And Dylan DeBeauty goes full Jim Edmonds, lays out onto a full extension. And catches that bunt for out number one when the first five guys of the inning had reached. I mean, I don't know when's the last time a catcher made a catch that looked like that. Yeah, you don't see that very often. So now you got first and second, one out. The next guy hits a ground ball to short. Hey, Darcy flips to French for one. They go to first, not in time. But the guy from second never broke stride. Tried to score. And so after you'd seen all this other stuff, that half of the inning ends on a 6-4-3-2 Double play. <laughs> Tagged him out at home. Yes. Final out of the inning. We're down 7-6. Seven, seven, six. Six. Okay. So go to the bottom of the eighth. Lead off walk by the nine-hole hitter. I love that you've printed all this I, out. There's no way to remember. Will French comes up, sacrifice bunt, moves him over. So you're runner at second, one out, down 7-6. to six. Then you get a beautiful bunt by Blake Burris for a single, and then the pitcher who should have ate it doesn't eat it. He throws it away and Greer scores you're seven seven Tollett singles Burris goes first to third Caden Kasky Braden Kasky, Braden Kasky I'm yeah. sorry yeah comes in to pinch run for Tollett get a mound visit and you actually get at one point here by the way we're already we've already had after the leadoff walk we saw a pitching change with a 3-0 count and so the next guy comes in and throws ball four there's your leadoff walk after Tollett gets a single they go to another pitcher who comes in and hits Brandon Hager. Then Cody Darcy comes in and pops up. Jumper gets hit by a pitch. Scores the go-ahead scores run. Scores the go-ahead run. Bases loaded walk. Gets you another one. Another pitch and change. Bases loaded walk. Another pitch and change. <laughs> now you're back to Alan Greer, who started it. He hits a ground ball to short. The shortstop, kind of right behind the bag, goes to flip. Well, the second baseman thought he's just going to cover the bag himself. He turned his back on it, and the flip went nowhere. Another run scores. French walks. Now the bases are loaded again. Blake Burris, walk. Now Kasky, who came in to pinch run, is getting in that bat with the bases loaded. And he hits a double to clear the bases. Now Brandon Hager comes up the 14th batter of the inning. (laughs) With the last seven all reaching base with two outs, and he singles in Kasky for a walk-off win when you went into the half inning trailing in the game. You end up walking off a run rule win. Yeah, it's getaway day, so if you're up 10 after the seventh inning, then that's it. 11 runs on four hits, and two of the four were the last two batters. Unreal. So did we... Five pitchers. Did... We figure out just how long that inning lasted. The Our truck told us A-State was at the plate for 30 minutes in the bottom of the eighth. Now, we didn't go tack on the top Well, with all it. the pitching changes, I would have thought it was even yeah. longer. Well, yeah, between the pitching changes and the trainer having to come check on the umpire every other pitch. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I was, it was just like every time something happened, you were like, well, I, I've never seen that before. And then the next thing would happen, you're like, well, I hadn't seen that before either. It was nuts. I'm glad we got the win. Needed to find a way to salvage that game on Saturday. Daedric Kale had a good day, too. Three for four, homer, drove in four. Yep. Good to see that from the sophomore out of Marion. So his homer, two-run homer, came after he couldn't get a bunt down. He went up to bunt. And then with two strikes, they took the bunt off and he hit a home run. <laughs> Might as well swing away. <laughs> just you don't like, see that very often. No. All right. I guess, I guess it's hard for Coach Raffo to get mad about not getting the bunt down <laughs> after you hit a home run. Tennis team dropping their matches over the weekend to Coastal Carolina and Georgia Southern. I know, we had like four, I don't know, three or four different Sunbelt teams come to Jonesboro and play this weekend because it was the only place that wasn't storming. Women's golf finishing fourth out of nine teams in the ULM Invitational. And track and field was at the Joe Walker Invite in Oxford, Mississippi. Friday, Rahel Bromel set a school record in the women's 1500. J.B. Shuffleberger won the women's 5,000, and Bradley Jelmert won the men's pole vault. And then on Saturday, separate set of events, Will Glass winning the 110-meter hurdles, Elizabeth Martin winning the women's 5,000, Cash Kunkel winning the men's 5,000, Pauline Meyer winning the women's 1,500, and our man Lassa Funk, win- Funk winning the men's 800. So another good weekend for the track and field teams. I mean, that, you talk about if that dude doesn't end up in WWE, then somebody else yeah. should be in there and just steal his name. It's a good name. We'll wrap things up here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank right after this. The Simmons Bank Card Alerts app lets you get more from your Simmons debit and credit cards. Set transaction alerts to be notified of certain card activity and choose how you receive each alert. You can suspend your card, set a spend limit, or decline specific transaction types. You can even manage multiple cards. If your debit card is lost or stolen or you're opening a new account, you can immediately get a new card just by visiting your nearby Simmons branch. Learn more at SimmonsBank.com forward slash debit card. Simmons Bank, member FDIC. Wrapping things up with a look ahead to a very busy week in A-State Athletics. The bowling team we mentioned earlier headed to Las Vegas. They're competing in the final four of the NCAA championships. At the South Point Casino, and I guarantee you they will they'll have at least one fan in the building because I can I can just bet you A State alum June Hafner will be in the house at the South Point cheering on her Red Wolves. All right. That's Friday and Saturday in Las Vegas. The baseball team on the road, they'll be in Atlanta. Taking on Georgia State Friday at 5, Saturday at 2, and then Sunday at noon. You can hear those games on the Ticket Radio Network. And look, we need to start winning some series. Mm-hmm. You need to finish top 10 out of 14 teams in the Sun Belt if you want to make the Sun Belt Conference Tournament next month in Montgomery. Still time to make a move here. And Georgia State, one of those teams that's not too far ahead of them. Track and field is going to be spread out over three different meets in California this weekend. They'll be at the Mount Sac Relays in Walnut, California. They'll be at uh, Long Beach State and at the Brian Clay Invitational that's in Azusa, California. Tennis team with another busy week. They'll be at Lindenwood coming up Wednesday at 1, then host Troy Friday at 2, and then Georgia State Sunday at 11 a.m. Women's golf team getting ready for a big week. Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, they'll be in Daytona Beach at LPGA International. 
competing in the Sunbelt Conference Championships. And we'll see if MJ, Davey, and Shaw and her team can bring themselves home a Sunbelt title. That's right. Meanwhile, the uh, men's golf team is, as we record this, competing in the Tiger Collegiate Invitational in Columbia. And then next Monday and Tuesday, they'll be at Tunica National, the Tunica National Intercollegiate coming up. It's not very often they go play tournaments of the course I've played. I can actually say this. I've played Tunica National. They need me to head down there with them and give yeah, them a little, drop a little knowledge. I'm sure Coach Hagan will be <laughs> calling you up here. First tip I'd give him is walk up about three more tee boxes and do it from there. That's where I started. <laughs> and then the uh, pack day spring game coming up uh, Saturday. Now, the spring game itself is at 2.15, mm-hmm. and it'll be fun to see the football team in action but this is a full day of activities and and you've been talking about this for the last several weeks now and for those who are thinking about coming up saturday want to run down one more time just everything that's going to be happening a day that starts early in the morning yeah and i also tell you this between now and saturday on social media we'll put out sort of the scoring format for the game so Mm -hmm. you can get an early look at kind of because it's not just a straight up game right it's going to be like the one offense and two defense against the one defense and two offense but there's a scoring system in place so we'll make sure everybody knows the rules they're playing by but then as far as you said the game itself there actually is a little uh, happy hour event for even for Letterman's club members on Friday at okay. 530 up at the club, the Woodard McAllister nice. family club. Uh, but anyway, Saturday, it starts with the cornhole tournament. That gets underway at nine o'clock. They'll be out there for folks actually starting at eight. You don't have to sign up for that tournament early unless it gets full. And if it gets full, it's full. But there are beginner and advanced brackets. So mm-hmm. you, you can, if you've never done it before, you can get you a partner and for 10 bucks a piece, try it out. Okay. And it pays cash prizes. This tournament does. So the more people, that, know, more yeah. teams that are in it, the more cash they'll have to pay out. But if you go to the, the website, uh, you just go to astateredwolves.com and cl- kind of scroll around there. You'll see a place you can click to enter okay. the cornhole tournament. Then during the day, a kid zone is going to be up and running as well. And then food vendors in the parking lot. Uh, I'll just tell you who they were because they were on the press release. Got Chick Fil A going to be out there. Lost Pizza is going to be out there. Ray's Rump Shack is going to be out there. If I'm you're barbecue everything fan, everything I'm hearing. Uh, there's a, a truck called Ng's Food, which I believe is like a Mediterranean mm-hmm. menu. They're going to be there. Ohana's there for your sweet tooth. The Hawaiian Ice, good old fashioned hot dog cart, hot dog heroes. Uh, the other is Mrs. B's Grilled Cheese. You've been excited about this. I'm one. ready to check it out. They'll be out in the parking lot during the day Saturday. At 10 o'clock on the concourse in the stadium, the athletics gear sale gets started. So all this excess, either no longer in use or never was used, apparel and equipment from these sports will be up for sale starting. That's 10 to 2. Mm-hmm. The gear sale. Uh, textbook brokers will open the team store at the stadium at 10 o'clock as well. Revel XP is going to set up on the concourse one of their tailgating tents. So if you want to kind of see what one of those looks like on the inside start planning your tailgate for next year revel xp is going to be there concession stand in the stadium is going to be open as well vet Sarah's and beer garden is going to be open on that side of the stadium during the day uh starting at 11 we're going to have a thousand we're still in the morning here well we're kind of yeah we're we're getting a thousand posters printed our designer did really honestly a really really sharp looking poster 
but it's also he, he did it very mindful of the fact he left a lot of uh, white space all the way around it for autographs so there's oh, a, okay. a thousand of those that we'll idea. have out on the concourse because when the spring game ends you get to go down on the field with the players and get autographs and they're just going to kind of like it's and it's they're just going to sort of spread out the players will once awesome a, a few minutes when the game ends and the coaches talk with them they'll clear the sideline and the players will just spread out and fans can just go down there and, and get all the autographs they want be down on the field and then uh, if you came prepared you could stay down on the field with your blankets and whatnot because at 5 30 it's going to be movie night presented by optimum we're showing uh, puss in boots the last wish we're not showing air no <laughs> well you and i did go check out air we did and we're not gonna spoil the ending <laughs> we won't tell you who michael jordan no we're not gonna let you know which, which shoe company he signed with <laughs> but i'll just tell you this there's no sex no violence no nudity anything like that still yet it will never be the movie shown on optimum movie night <laughs> the language <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that's happening. But uh, and the, very good movie. We we yes, really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. it a lot. And by the way, spring game presented by J-Towns. They'll be on hand giving out the Withrow Award and the Larry Lacewell Team MVP Awards. Plus, football has its own awards from from the spring they'll give out. And other stuff still I don't even know about. And, and the Impact Club's going to be out there, too. Mm-hmm. So but there's a lot going on. Full day coming up Saturday. We hope to see you there at Centennial Bank Stadium. Or Brad hopes to see you there. I'll be in Atlanta. Yeah. We got baseball games to win, so I lobbied to yeah get that changed. But it's uh, it's been a fun episode. Anything else we need to talk about here? Not just uh, talk about kind of football setting the the tone for an entire athletics year. In a lot of ways, you know, I think for Coach Jones and the team, I think kind of Saturday may set the tone for them. I I know they're really pushing hard, and, and nothing will make them happier and kind of give them a shot in the arm than to have a nice crowd out there during the day Saturday. Thanks to our friend Chris Woodard for joining us earlier. Really enjoyed that visit with him. For Brad, I'm Matt. Have a great week, everybody.